welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Welcome, everybody, to another Spirit Connection podcast. So many people need hope today. So many people need to be encouraged. You know, God is restoring hope. Hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And if you need a jump start of hope, or maybe you know someone who needs a jump start of hope right now, I know that you're in the right place at the right time. This is a divine moment for you in the spirit. I have a special guest with me, and she's a good friend of mine, Brenda Epperson. Now, she's an actress, a musician, an author, and she's the real deal in Hollywood. She spent eight years as a main role in The Young and the Restless as Ashley Abbott. I'm sorry, I don't know who that is, but I know The Young and the (laughs) Restless. And she also starred uh, in films on HBO and Lifetime, was featured on Oprah, CNN, CBS, uh, TBN, boy, you name it, she's got them all here, E! Entertainment, 700 Club, and now on Spirit Connection Podcast. And here she is all the way from Hollywood. Brenda, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm Doug so T. excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, Brenda. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for what you do and thank you for the lives that you touch and all the people that, you know, just are so blessed by you and your ministry and your calling and your faithfulness. So I was really excited to be asked to talk with you for a few minutes. I am thrilled to be here. I am just a regular girl. I was born in North Hollywood, California. I grew up in a small town called Dallas, Oregon. Have you ever heard of Dallas, Oregon? I have not, no. Yeah, most people haven't. They go, Dallas, Texas, or Dallas, Oregon? (laughs) So Dallas, Oregon, 6,000 people. And um, prior to moving to Dallas, after my father died when I was very young, I, um, I went to a Lutheran church, and I knew about God, but I didn't know who God was. He was, you know, he was this guy that was a guy in a picture with sheep and kids. I was like, oh, he seems like he likes animals and kids a lot. But I didn't know who Jesus was. And then when we moved to Oregon, I, you know, was in a small Pentecostal church in the middle of nowhere, and I I had lost my father. Uh, He died in a car accident, and I literally felt a love that I had never felt before, and that was the love of Christ. And that's when I knew God was real, and I gave my heart to Him at about nine years old, wow. really young age. And, and my mom said I would pick up the Bible, and I would read, 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 and she would say, well, what does that mean, Brenda? And I was able to explain it to her. So at a young age, I felt like God gave me kind of just a discernment of the Bible and a love for it, and I still have it today. And amazing. God is so good. Yeah. Wow. So what's your connection to Hollywood? Well, it's crazy because my father was an RCA Victor Country Western singer, charted. He was also in movies with John Wayne, and um, oh, he had a great story. He he came home from the recording studio one day and said to my mom, oh my gosh, I just had the greatest 
singer, just this guy's going to be a huge star. He sang backup in one of my my albums. His name is Glenn Campbell. Oh, Remember my goodness. that name, yeah. Glenn Campbell. <laughs> and just, you know, it's kind of in the genes, I say. Um, when we moved to Oregon, I was in the middle of nowhere, but I always wanted to be in acting and singing. And um, I was in pageants and stuff like that and always in the plays and, and doing things artistically and creatively. And when I graduated from high school, I moved to Los Angeles. And that's when God opened the doors, literally, miraculously. Um, and that's how I landed the job on The Young and the Restless. I was waitressing. Wow. Now, this is to, the story, right? You moved to Hollywood. Yeah. You're waitressing. And the big yeah, break comes. To, yeah. I, I moved to Los Angeles with $100 in my pocket, lived with my aunt, and um, I was waitressing in this evening event, and this girl who played Ashley prior to me, um, the first Ashley, she, she was at the event modeling. And my manager, in the middle of my shift, goes, there's that girl who everybody says you look like. Go back and say hi to her. And I was like, what? He goes, here's a glass of champagne. I'll take your shift. You have to go say hi. I was like, are you kidding me? Okay. Because everybody always thought it was her because we look so much alike. I walked back. I said, hi, you don't know me. My name is Brenda, but everybody says we look alike. I have food slopped all over me, you know, sweating, <laughs> and she's all glamorous. And she told me at that moment, she goes, you know, I'm not going to be renewing my contract. You should try out for the part. Wow. And I didn't have an agent, nothing. She gave me her phone number. She, you know, she was so kind and gracious. And um, I started calling the office and I just, you know, was just tenacious and I didn't have an agent and they called me in and after a bunch of auditions and God's grace, I got it. I I, I never acted a day in my life. (laughs) That's the amazing part. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Very amazing. I was a singer. I, I was singing in the studio with Sony and trying out for bands, but I came kind of at a crossroads with my music. There there wasn't as many um, openings for me for uh, individual singer. It was all bands and groups, and I just felt as though they were a little dark, and it was very rock, and, you know, I had to travel to these kind of sketchy countries, and I just kept asking God, you know, is this what you want for me? And I just felt, no, no, no. And um, he opened that door for me, so I then at a very young age, it was in my 20s, or you know, got on the young and the restless. I literally rode my bike to one of the auditions because my car broke down. <laughs> I lost my waitress job. It was just completely a miraculous story. Yeah, that is a God thing for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I can imagine you saw things happen over those eight years on the set. I did. You know, you know what was really hard for me, Doug, is I grew up in church in, in Oregon, and and um, it was hard because a lot of the people, but they didn't know me. Some of the people who didn't know me said, oh, look at her. She's on a soap opera. She can't be a Christian. And the people that knew me that I grew up in the church with stood against that and said, you know, don't say that. You know, she loves the Lord. But I, I was really, it really was hard for me that, I was so judged because I was on a soap opera that they automatically assumed I couldn't be a Christian. But in actuality, I was able to lead a cast member to Christ. Wow. Um, And really, to this day, I get notes from people via, you know, Facebook or things saying, gosh, you know, you made an impact on my life. Thanks for praying for me. And, you know, I, I think we have it wrong if we think we should all just 
all be in church and, you know, God puts us out in different areas and avenues to be able to be that light. Exactly. My, my quote is, and it's actually on my website, one of my quotes and my passions is, I want to affect the world and not let the world infect me. Wow, that's and a good quote. I think that's what we're supposed to do, no matter where God plants us. Yeah, you know, you're a forerunner, because people were not doing this, you know, 10 years ago, or whatever, you know, it was right around oh, then. 20 years 20 ago. years ago, I didn't want to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but people were not doing this, you know, like today, no. you know, you know, we moved here to Hollywood to, you know, radically impact the area, but back then, yeah. oh my goodness, you were a forerunner. I'm sure you took some some lashes for that. Yeah, I, I'm actually um, working on another show. It's very exciting. Um, it's going to be coming out in the next week or so. And um, somebody told me, they said, well, you have a women's ministry, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. You know, be careful. And I said, look, I've already been on that cross, okay? Yeah. So I said, you know, I, I've, just, I've already been on that cross, and, you know, God's got it all. That's right, all I you say. bet. I guess yeah. you've uh, experienced what I did is the Bible Belt. You got beat with the Bible Belt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and what I realized, and I heard you talk about it earlier, too, which really was wonderful. Um, Religion divides, but love brings together and conquers all, and the love of Christ forgives and, and gives grace. But religion divides us, so I believe Christ came to to love and, you know, love eternally and with a love that's um, filled with such grace that that we're so busy working on ourselves and being filled with so much love that we don't have time to point a finger at others, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, now this, this message of love and grace, uh, have you always had that? Was it in your DNA or did you have some epiphany or some revelation at some point? You know, I grew up, um, in the church and loved it, but you know, like I heard you talk to Brian Headwells and just the, the religion sometime in the religion sector of the church can be difficult, and I've definitely got knocked around. But, you know, God showed me early on that I wasn't supposed to look at people because we're all sinners saved by grace. And not to point to others, but look at Him and be quick to forgive. That's what I've learned through the years. Be quick to forgive. And I don't know if part of it's in my DNA, but I know that as an individual... I can't love the way Christ wants me to love if he's not in me and working through me. It's impossible because, you know, a lot of people are really hard to love, but God wants us to love and calls us to love the unlovely. And doing that on our own, I think, is impossible because I'm, you know, my flesh rises up and, oh, you can't do that to me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, you know, but I think we can only have that or gain that kind of love, and it's a work in progress, and and every day is different, if we continue to lean in and press into the one who is love, and that is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Wow. That's so, so true. So you made a transition then out out of the soap opera. What happened after that? Well, you know, I was on the soap and um, was married, and my marriage was really falling apart, um, taking a nosedive, and I was traveling to Europe. Um, right before I quit the show, I got an opportunity to sign with Sony TriStar Music, and uh, CBS wasn't going to let me out. And I said, well, my 
my producers are in London, and I used to travel to Cannes back and forth to the film festivals. I met every every actor you can imagine, you know, that day, Bruce Willis. And, I mean, I sat at a table with Gina Davis and Rennie Harlan in the south of France. I sang for everybody. I mean, you know, Duran Duran, we all hung out. It's just, it was crazy. But I always maintained my faith with everyone because it gets pretty crazy in some of those places. But God was able to just give me strength to, you know, remain set apart but still be able to enjoy other people. And it was great, and the the soap opera afforded me a a lot of really fun things. But I just stopped enjoying it as much. Things got difficult on the set, and I got this opportunity with Sony, and they said they weren't going to let me out, and so I quit. I thought, I love music. That's what I've always been wanting to do. I've laid it down for all these years to be on this soap opera because I really, at that time, you couldn't do both. It was weird if you were a singer and an actress, but now that's what's expected of you. But at that time, you know, this is what you do. This is who you are. So I signed with Sony and I opened for Lionel Richie all over Europe on his time tour. As a matter of fact, I just ran into Lionel, gave him a big hug right before he was working with Mariah, and um, we've been in touch, and hopefully we can work together again. I'm looking forward to seeing what what happens with that. But uh, it was an incredible experience, but I quit the show, and after that tour, I got dropped from Sony. My marriage completely fell apart, and my life was kind of in a shambles. And I really reached out to the Lord and got into that prayer closet uh, in a deep way, and God resurrected everything that had died. And through a couple years of really pressing into the Lord in a way that I had had some things to happen, but I have to say that transition in my life was something that I was so broken and so devastated. Um, It brought me to a different level with my relationship with God, and I then met my husband of 15 years, and he was the most amazing man ever. We had known each other from years before, and um, so subsequently I laid down everything. I laid down my acting. I laid down everything and just pressed into God to say, what do you want me to do, and how do you want me to do it, and found the love of my life, and we've had two more kids. The others have three girls. And God's been slowly opening doors for me in acting and music and singing, and it's just been incredible. I have a women's ministry, Ascend Women. God um, put me in charge of this little Bible study, and I he tapped me on the shoulder and said, he whispered in my ear, my right ear, and he said, I want you to do a women's conference. <laughs> I just looked up to heaven and I go, what? <laughs> I want you to do a women's conference. And he told me three things, Doug. He said women would be saved. They would be set free, and his name would be glorified. And, um, you know, I knew his voice. I know his voice. And we're in our fifth year, and that's exactly what's happened. Women have been saved, set free, and his name's glorified. We've had Cece Winans come and speak, Lisa Osteen, um, Ishik Abla, who's a former Muslim woman. Um, all around the world she travels. And women's lives have been transformed, so... It's been unbelievable. My music, I've been traveling back and forth to Nashville. I've been working on some great songs, which has been really exciting. And I was just on the cover of Westlake Malibu Magazine. Um, 
God is good. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'm just listening, and I'm listening to the Spirit as you're saying this, and and I'm realizing, just like you just said, that you found the love of your life, you know, with your husband, and you, you know, and he's so good. But you know what? It sounds like that turning point was when the Lord became the love of your life, yeah. and then suddenly everything came into place. Yes, it's true. It's true. You know, I believe without God. We cannot, we can run, but we can't hide. We can never find that eternal peace and those blessings that are buried so deep beneath the earth that our Father wants to give us with, and not just give us, shower us with blessings, abundance of peace and joy and strength and love and wisdom and happiness, on and on. And where do we find that? In His presence. In His presence is a fullness of joy. It's hope. Like you said, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And there are so many people out there, Doug, right now that are so heart sick, whether it's disease, whether it's loss, whether it's dashed dreams, loneliness is running rampant through our culture and our lives. People are buying the lie that they're alone. But the Bible says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And last time I read the Bible, Proverbs 35 says, every word of God proves true. So we are never alone. But we have to be in His presence. In His presence, we are healed. In His presence, there is a fullness of joy. In His presence, there's a hope. There is a gentleness. His faithfulness proves true. And you know, like we were talking earlier, people were always looking for a way out. Oh, God, help me find a way out. How am I going to do this? How? Well, we're not. We're never going to be able to do it. So I believe while we're always looking for a way out, God wants us to look for a way in to Him and moving and leaning closer into Him and not leaning and relying on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledging Him, and He'll make our path straight no matter what we go through, whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it's loss, whether it's death, whether it's hopelessness, whether it's sadness, God is faithful. He's proved that to me over and over and over again. But I don't believe that I would be where I'm at and have the blessings if I hadn't fallen on my knees and humbled myself under the mighty hand of God and profess that I'm a sinner saved by grace. And, and I believe prayer is such a lost art form, if I, if I may. You know, I look at some of these other religions, you know, the Muslim world and these, they, they, they have the discipline of prayer that we as, as, as believers and as Christians have lost. We've forgotten how to pray. We have forgotten that prayer is the open door of heaven that brings us into the throne room of grace and into the courtrooms of our Father, who has the cattle on a thousand hills, who then transforms our lives and takes the crooked paths and makes them straight, heals the fibers of our very bones, takes the dark places and and brings the light and covers us with the blood of Jesus, hides us in the shelter and in the hem of his garment, so that we can move forward into this world. I was talking to a man from India the other day. I was at a mixer, and he was stricken with polio. And, you know, there is so much 
um, disformity and disfigurement in this country because there's so much idol worship. And if you look at the idols, the, the idols are, are hands and legs and feet coming out of the top of the heads. And, you know, what are, what are our eyes fixed on? We're looking to the world which is deformed and which is filled with death. We are not looking into the eyes of the one who created the world, the eyes of grace and love and perfection. And we're healing flows and we're the, the healing balm of Gilead can come and transform and, and make what is disfigured whole again. I still believe as a young girl, I have to tell you, as a young girl, I went to a Bible school, um, a little um, Bible retreat that our church had. I grew up Assembly of God, and I went, and I saw this man, and I want to meet him again, Alton Garrison. I was 10 or 12 years old, and he spoke, and we were in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere, and this man stood there and said, you want to receive the Holy Spirit, and these kids, these young kids would come forward, and I was 12, maybe 14. I was a camp counselor there because I couldn't afford. We had no money. I grew up with nothing because my father had died. So I went to be a counselor so that I could pay for my own camp. So I would be with these young kids. And he called these kids forward to receive the Holy Spirit. I went forward with these children, and I'd lay my hands over them. And I started praying with them, and I, I would listen to them begin to form, you know, what the Holy Spirit would begin to speak out of their mouths. I saw a kid get up on this stage in the middle of nowhere, the mountains, in a log cabin, and take off his braces and walk. Wow. And I'll tell you, Doug, from that day forward, as a young teen girl, no one could ever tell me that there wasn't a God. No one could ever tell me that God doesn't heal. No one could ever tell me that what happens on TV or those things that have happened aren't real because God is real and he still heals today. Yes, he does. My goodness. And you know, while you're talking, I'm real sensitive to the spirit. And what happened when you were talking, this is what what's going on with people. I tell people sometimes you might want to pull over, you know, and if you're driving <laughs> because a door opened in the spirit while you were talking, a doorway of faith. I wrote it down because most people are complaining that opens the doorway of discouragement. Yes. I tell you, the doorway of faith just opened up over people. Now, faith for, you know, for all types of things. So, wow. Yeah. Just, hey, keep going. I I was going to jump in. I just wanted, you know, I was ready to jump in and say, come on, Brenda, come on. Yes. Well, I'll tell you recently what, you know, God's been showing me as well is that, you know, it's the little things. And, you know, um, Hebrews 11.1. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And, you know, there's such a spirit of apathy that I believe has come across, swept across the land. Oh, that'll never happen. Oh, that was back in the Bible days. Oh, you're too old for this. Oh, that time has gone by for you. Oh, oh, here's a big one I hear all the time, people, when I'm praying with them. Oh, you've sinned too much. I literally, a woman that I know, remain nameless, I This woman was the head of ministries. This woman traveled across countries. This woman, with her family, planted churches. Do you want to know where I visited her? In an insane asylum. They had locked her away, and I sat with her. And let me tell you, those eyes were not her eyes. And when I spoke to her, and I wasn't speaking to her, you know what it said to me? Oh, I've sinned too great. God will never forgive me. 
So I laughed. I began to laugh, and I said, that is a lie. None of us have sinned beyond God's grace. And so many people are discouraged because they think, oh, I've sinned too much. God can never love me. Oh, I have sinned past what God's grace can possibly go. Oh, I'm too dark. I'm too ugly. I'm too um, tatted out. I've killed. I've, you know, stealed. I've destroyed that's a lie. God's grace covers all of that, and He loves you. And I love what Brian, Brian Head Welch said when I was listening to that interview. He said, Jesus stands at the door and knocks, but the doorknob is inside, and you have to open it. And wow, I thought, yeah. wow, that's so beautiful, and that's so true. We just have to open it, and we just have to say, Jesus, come in. And what He's been showing me, too, we've, we've moved, and while well, I was going to my house, I was going to all of my stuff, and I thought, look at all this stuff. There's so much stuff everywhere. And God began to show me as I'm cleaning out drawers, look at all these little things. Now the little things began to pile up and the drawer was full. Now it's big things. And it's the same way in our lives. It's the little things that we think don't matter that matter to God. It's the little lies that we tell that begins to open the door for Satan to begin to lie to us, to say, that doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Because we open the door for Satan to begin to deceive us. And he's the father of lies and deception. And so we want to close the door to the lies so that we can open the door to the faith and the hope. You know, that he wants grace and hope and faith to abound over us. But when we're so filled with all these little things that are piling up so deep in our lives that our vision becomes blurred, our spirit becomes like shaky. It's like like we're shaking and we can't see clarity, but he wants this to be calm and peace. And so many people are filled with anxiety. And Philippians 4 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Through what? Here we go again. Prayer. Yeah. And petition, and with what? Thanksgiving in our heart. Let a request be made to kn- known to God, and He'll give us a peace that passes all understanding in our heart and our mind through Christ Jesus. But we need to be thankful. A thankful heart is a yeah. happy heart. You know, these are all disciplines of prayer, disciplines of faith, disciplines of a of a life that that can be full. Because none of us, and I'm saying this about myself, are living up to our full potential that God wants us to live in. You know, I believe he's going to use my hands to heal. I believe that Ascend Women is going to go to the north, south, east, and west, and women across the world will be saved and set free. But I know that I have to do my part, and I need to do, you know, my part, which is fall on my knees and repent and continue um, praying. And we don't have to, you know... In the Bible, what do I have to do to be saved? Nothing. He's done it for us. Absolutely. But we need to do our part in getting an agreement. That's right. what I mean. We right. don't have to do anything. It's not our works. Exactly. Because our righteousness is filthy. You know, we're all filthy rags. I'm a sinner. And every day I am thankful that he's saying, I love you and, and I forgive you. And that's all we need to do. That's wow. it. Simple. It is very simple. And there's just such an anointing on you to break break this open and break, bring in hope and break things off of people. And in just a minute, I want you to pray a prayer to open that up. In fact, the anointing's here now. So why don't you just pray and open that up over people? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your words of grace. The song is coming to my mind. In my life. Lord, be glorified. 
Lord, be glorified today. If you sang that, if you prayed that, and if that is your heart's desire, I believe God wants to glorify his life through you. All you have to say is, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness, God. Give me hope again. Romans 10.9 or 9.10 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he will forgive you and cleanse you of all of your unrighteousness. I thank you, Father, for anyone who's listening, anyone who is in earshot of this, God. Remind them of who they are in you. God, let us not look to the world for our identity, but let us look to you for our identity, Father. Not to the world, but to you, God. Show us who we are in you, Lord Jesus. I pray for resounding hope to permeate like rushing water, like a flowing wind that just breathes over your people right now, Father. I thank you for clarity, for people that that can't even see anymore because they're so blurred, that you bring clarity. I thank you, God, for wisdom. I thank you, God, for an understanding. I thank you, God, for more of you. I thank you, God, for your presence to just pour out on your people, Father. I thank you that the Holy Spirit would begin to replace and permeate the dark roots, the bitter roots that have taken hold of your people, Father, that have been so locked and entrenched in like mud. They're just walking around in mud and muck. They can't even lift their feet and they're sinking, Father. Lift us out of the mud and the muck and the mire and set our feet on solid rock and ground of steel and stone, Father, that we will no longer be moved. We will no longer shift to the right or to the left. And when the winds and the storm comes, God, we will remain. God, remind us to read the word and to have our hearts fixed on you our mouth to speak the word of God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, God. I thank you that Isaiah 54, 17, if you speak it with me, says no weapon formed against against me will prosper. I thank you, God, that you cover your people, that you cover the land, and you bless your people once again. But God, let us be open to the things that you have for us. I pray for forgiveness. Let us be the people who are quick to ask for forgiveness and quick to bless others, Father God. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for Doug and his ministry, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you've done. <laughs> Thank you for joy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for joy. Amen. 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 That, that was great. I just want you to know, uh, while while Brenda was praying, I you know some people, uh, you know some people were actually rededicating, but there was something going on. That you're rededicating to your calling, to your first love, to your heart, to the things that we've been talking about here, to the the break, you know, that lucky break that Brenda got when she was waitressing and she wasn't even, you know, she had no actor training yet. And, and, yeah. and she got this lucky break. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Or there's another version that says that is a, is a sudden good break. 
And I felt Good. like something happened, something broke in the spirit just now. Thank you. And throughout this entire podcast, something broke in the spirit over you. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to open doors. And uh, I'm seeing this even over you, Brenda. There's some big doors and some purposes uh, opening up. Like when you mentioned Lionel Richie, I just saw these, wow, these big doors coming back, coming back, coming back to you and new doors opening up and something big and new is coming. Wow. Coming your your way. Yeah. Well, well, we've been talking to Brenda Epperson. And just tell us a little bit about what you're doing now or or how we can get in touch with you. Well, I would love that. And um, so it's Brenda Epperson, and I am on Instagram at Brenda Epperson, and I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter, Brenda Epperson. I think pretty much everything is Brenda Epperson. I have a Facebook page that I'd love you to join. I think I'm stirred to start doing some little one-minute moments on my Facebook page. So it's Brenda Epperson, just be, or Brenda Epperson too on Facebook. Love to connect with everybody. And brendaepperson.com is my website. I have updates just about, you know, anything I'm doing. I, again, am working on Ascend Women, ascendwomen.org. If you need prayer, talk to Doug and reach out to him. And also we have a place where we can pray for you as well. And then I'm working on a new show called The Rich and the Ruthless. It's coming out soon. What's that Uh, about? Um, It's actually a spoof on soap operas. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I actually play the ruthless. (laughs) It's the first mean character I've ever, ever played. I'm always the nicest person, but I am actually a mean person in this. It's really interesting. Um, It's therichandtheruthless.com. And um, I've been traveling back and forth to Nashville and working on new music with um, Tim Miner and some other producers. And as I said, I've recently connected with Lionel and hoping something will open up out of that. And I am working on my book. I'm just praying. I was about to tell you that I feel on another (laughs) book coming out of you for sure. I am just believing, you know, this new place, new beginnings. That's one of the things I'm just really hoping to get done. No, I I will get done by the end of the year. So that's very exciting. And um, I can't say it now, but I'm working with someone. She has a very large ministry, and um, she and I are doing a little show together, but I can't say what it is yet. It, it should come out in the fall, but um, I can let you know later on that. But you, so. your first book is The Blessed Brokenness. So the first book I did, it was me and uh, like six or seven other authors. So I just told a bit of my story in The Blessedness of Brokenness. Frank Shelton, who's a friend of mine, did a collaboration with a bunch of different people and put this book together. And so that's how that came about. But I have not done my book yet. And I believe I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And for a long time, people were like, oh, you got to do a book. But now I, I... believe it's the right time. Yeah, so. I was going to say that. And as we were praying ahead of time, I felt it too. And I, I forgot to say some, so I'm glad you brought it up because it's a confirmation. And I just confirm <laughs> prophetically, there. I confirm this is something Thank the Lord's going to use to open doors uh, into people's hearts and open Amen. up the uh, I believe that all too. walks of life to start, you know, coming back to this deeper understanding of the Lord and understanding. Now, we met briefly at the screening that was this, yeah, the, the screening of the shack. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And it was a powerful time with our friends there. And, you know, 
uh, that was we had exchanged texts and things like that uh, previously. Yeah. And but there, I just want you to know, my wife and I met you, and it was the light of the Lord came through. Mm. When I just want you to know that I'm just telling people <laughs> that Brenda's the real deal as far as you know uh, the anointing, as far as being able to minister to people. She carries something that's very big. And because you're humble, she's humble. That's why she's able to do it. You humble yourself. The Lord will lift you up. I just want to say, Brenda, this is your year. This year in 2018, the Lord is going to begin to lift you up. And you're ready now for this bigger thing that's coming. It's going to be so, so good. And I want to say this to our listeners, too, is God's got it for you. Listen, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're Mm -hmm. doing. God has a plan. He has something for you. I want you to be encouraged. And it's just going to be a good time. Well, we just want to say thanks so much, Brenda Epperson, for joining us. Thank you so much. This is such an encouragement to my heart, to my spirit, to my soul. And I just want to encourage everybody out there, too, no matter what you're going through, that God's got all the answers and you're not alone. Wow, that's exactly right. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.